Chapter 12 of Bob the Castaway or The Wreck of the Eagle by Frank V. Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Boydell. Chapter 12 Some Jokes on Bob. Seeing that he was now indeed afloat and that the ship was some distance from land, the man became more nervous than ever. He paced up and down the deck, looking anxiously at the fast-receding shore. Suddenly he ran towards the bow of the ship and leaned far over the rail. "'Hey there!' yelled Bob, thinking the man was going to jump overboard and swim ashore. "'What are you doing?' "'I was trying to see the name of the vessel,' answered the man, whose face was now red instead of pale, caused by his exertions in bending over the rail. "'You can't see it by leaning over,' replied Bob. "'It's painted away up by the figurehead.' "'I know I can't see it,' answered the nervous passenger. "'Oh, I wish I was sure.' "'I tell you, you're on the Eagle,' declared Bob. "'Can't you take my word?' "'When you get as old as I am, and have been through as much trouble, "'you'll never take anybody's word for anything,' was the answer. "'I must be sure. I'm off for a long voyage, and I don't want to make a mistake.' "'You're not making any mistake if you want to be aboard the Eagle. "'Here comes Captain Spark. Now you can ask him.' At that moment the commander, having seen his vessel well under way, came to see where Bob and the nervous passenger were standing. "'Is this Mr. Hiram Tarbill?' asked the mariner, holding out his hand. "'Yes, sir. Are you Captain Jeremiah Spark?' "'That's who I am. "'Is this the schooner Eagle bound around Cape Horn?' "'Yes, sir, with a mixed cargo consigned to various firms in Lima, Peru. "'Would you like to look at my papers?' "'No, I guess it's all right,' and Mr. Tarbill seemed much relieved. "'You see, my train was late,' he went on. "'I came aboard in such a hurry that I was not sure I was on the right ship. "'I dislike to make mistakes, especially as my health is not very good.' "'Yes, you're on the right ship,' Captain Spark assured Mr. Tarbill. "'Now, if you'll come with me, I'll show you to your stateroom. "'But first, let me introduce you to a relative of mine.' "'And he presented Bob. "'Yes, I have been talking with him,' said Mr. Tarbill. "'He assured me I was on the right vessel, "'but I did not know whether he knew or not.' "'Oh, yes, Bob knows that much about the ship, "'but he's going to learn more soon.' The captain conducted the nervous passenger to the stateroom set apart for him, and then came back on deck. "'What do you think of him?' he asked Bob. "'He seems all right, but very nervous.' "'That's the trouble. He's too nervous. His doctor recommended him to take a long sea voyage to see if it would cure him. I think it will. I never knew a sailor who was nervous, and it's all because of the salt water. Now, Bob, amuse yourself as best you can until the tug drops us.' I have several matters to attend to. After a bit, I'll give you some regular duties to perform every day. They will not be hard, but I shall expect you to perform them as well as you are able. While in the main, this is a pleasure trip for you, undertaken for a purpose with which you are familiar, I want you to derive some benefit from it. Don't you think that wise? Yes, sir, answered Bob, who had formed several good resolutions regarding his future conduct. "'Very well, then. You can roam about the ship at your pleasure until I am ready for you.' Now, a ship is one of the best places in the world for the circulation of news. 
it is a little village in itself, and whatever happens in the captain's cabin, though there may be a desire to keep it secret, is soon known in the forecastle, or forecastle, as the sailors pronounce it. Consequently, it was not long before it was known that Bob was being sent on the voyage to reform him for certain roguish tricks to which he was addicted. This was known to the majority of the crew before the ship sailed. Consequently, they were not only on their guard against pranks which the boy might try to perpetrate, but several of the younger men resolved to give Bob a taste of his own medicine. There was some whispering among the members of the crew as they observed Bob strolling about the deck, and one of the men said something to Mr. Carr. The first mate nodded and smiled. A little later, as Bob was watching the men coil up the big hawser which the tug had cast off, the eagle now proceeding along under her own sails, one of the sailors stepped up to him. "'Would you mind doing us a favour? he asked respectfully. "'Of course not. I'll do anything I can for you,' answered Bob, glad to make the closer acquaintance of the men. "'Then would you kindly go to the Captain Spark and ask him for a left-handed marlin-spike? We need it to splice this also with. He keeps it in his cabin because there's only one on board, and it's quite a valuable instrument.' The man spoke as gravely as a judge. A left-handed marlin spike, repeated Bob. I suppose one of the sailors must be left-handed, he thought. He knew what a marlin spike was from having seen the men use the sharp pointed irons to pick apart the strands of rope preparatory to splicing it. So, anxious to be of service, he hurried to Captain Spark's cabin. The men sent me for a left-handed marlin spike, he said, interrupting the commander, who was busy over his accounts. A left-handed marlin spike repeated the commander, at once understanding the joke. "'Yes, sir.' "'I'm sorry,' was the answer gravely given. "'But I lost it overboard a while ago. "'You'd better go to Mr. Carr and ask him for the scuttlebutt. "'That will do as well.' "'Yes, sir,' replied Bob, who, not suspecting anything, "'hunted up the first mate and made his request. "'You'll find it over there,' said Mr. Carr, "'pointing to a big water-barrel on deck. "'It was one from which the sailors drank.' "'If it's too heavy for you, you'd better get help,' said Mr. Carr, trying not to smile. But Bob was aware now that he had been made the butt of a joke, and though he felt a little embarrassed, he had to laugh in spite of himself. "'That's a pretty good one,' he said. "'A left-handed marlin-spike turns into a scuttlebutt, and that turns into a water-barrel. I've got lots to learn yet.' He could hear the sailors laughing at the trick they had played with the consent of the first mate and with a grim smile, Bob resolved to get even. End of chapter 12